Jesus is Lord. What a great, great Sunday. Come on, we're back online only. We know what's going on in California. They've issued a decree, of course, as you know, you're watching right now, that churches got to temporarily pump the brakes and holding services. We're so glad that you joined with us, whether you're live right now or watching at a little later time. We believe the same thing that's going on in this room, which is the glory of God, is going on right there in your house, right there in your bedroom, wherever you're at. There is no distance in prayer. There is no distance when you hear the word of God, whether you're by yourself, whether you're fighting loneliness or fear or depression, again, symptoms in your body, wherever you're at, I believe right now things are breaking in your life. Things are changing in your life right now. Come on, just let your faith rise. Come on, let your faith be built up today. Don't be moved by what you see. God is greater than what we see. Come on, everybody. Amen. Come on, if you're home, maybe you're on the couch. You should have been standing with them. That's okay. We're glad you're with us this morning. Come on, poke a neighbor and say you're alive this morning. Maybe you're with your kids, whatever. We're glad that you're here joining us this morning for Spectrum Church Online. Man, we are so glad, again, one more time that you're with us, and thank God. Come on, give it up for the band and the singers back here. What a, come on, what a day that they brought us the word through music and through their gifting. Thank God for good musicians and for gifted singers that we have around here at the church. And we're glad that when we get back and things are back to uh, normal, like they said, don't know if it's ever going to be quote-unquote normal, but when things get to back the way they used to be, that we'll all get a chance to join together and be lifting our own voice and singing and worshiping like never, ever before. Again, thank God that you're here with us. Thank God that we can just be together and join on this medium called the World Wide Web, the World Wide Internet. We're glad that we can do that in the technology that we have right now. I want to bring to you, as before we get into the Word, kind of the flow that we've had for the last several weeks, several months probably right now, is that we want to give you an opportunity, you that make Spectrum Church your home church, we want to give you an opportunity, what we call so financially, into the kingdom of God. We are a church that believes that we as people of God, children of God, that God has changed our life, that we now in turn can use our, not only our gifts, our talents, our abilities, but also use our resources to further the kingdom of God in and through the local church, reaching locally in the city, reaching beyond these four walls and internationally by support of missions and missionary works that are going on all around the world. So number one, I want to thank everybody that makes Spectrum Church your home church for your faithful, consistent, just diligence in tithing and giving offerings. Last couple weeks, we talked about some points, want to bring them back to you on some thoughts that we need to maybe be having during this time and always, but especially during this time, even concerning giving and concerning generosity. We said a couple weeks ago to make generosity a priority. Make generosity a priority. If you are with us, if we don't prioritize anything, we're not going to think about it. It's going to be at the bottom of the list, so to speak. So what we know from the Bible is that we, we, we kind of figure this out, is that God wants us to give first. He wants us to save second and then spend. Don't make your spending above your giving. Don't make your spending above your saving. But give first, save, and then spend. And then last week we talked about this that just make a plan to be generous. Make a plan to be generous. In other words, uh, by, by planning to be generous, that means you're budgeted. In, in, in your budget, is there generosity in your budget? Or all your money, you're just thinking, 
thinking about you? Or do you have money set aside? Do you have money in your mind? You know, you, do, you, you need to have money on your mind. I think we always have money on our mind. But, but do you have money on your mind to be generous, to give to the church, to, to tithe and support what God's doing? Do you have money on your mind to be generous to your kids, generous to people you love? Do you have money in your mind to be generous to maybe people who are going through a difficult time? In other words, make a plan. Make a plan to be generous. Factor that into your budget. Uh, today, just a couple seconds, I want to give you this one thought just today. Progressively become more generous. Progressively become more generous. What does that mean? Well, the amount of money that I made when I was 25 should be totally different, or the giving that I did when I was 25 should be totally different now that I'm 60. In other words, I had less. I have more now. I should be able to give more now than I did then. Make, make a plan to be, to be generous, but progressively become more generous. And, and, and so somebody said something I thought that was, that was so good is that this person said this, everything that comes to you isn't for you. Think with me. Everything that comes to you isn't for you. Could God be blessing you to be a blessing to somebody else? That you say, I have my needs met. I've got everything I need right now. And so God's taking care of me. So now I've got excess. And so I am going to progressively become more generous. Is your giving increasing? We all want our, we all want our, our income to increase. But let me ask you this. Is your giving increasing? And so God wants to actively keep us on point with him and his word. And it's always a heart attitude and a heart, a heart situation in all of our lives. So I want to encourage you to just have the thought that God wants me to be generous and I can keep growing in my generosity. I don't want my 10 years ago to be the best giving years of my life. Uh, maybe I, you know, had some crazy amounts of, uh, of extra income, and so there were some things that were, you know, quick blurp. I sold a house, and I could tithe on that money. There's things like that that go on in our lives. But all across the life, our, our, our life should be moving on an upward trajectory concerning our generosity because we've made it a plan, we're budgeting it, we're progressively becoming more and more generous. Uh, there's some information going to be there on the screen that you can help us do what God's called us to do here. Thank you again for everybody that's made Spectrum Church their own church. If you're viewing online, you're popping in, and you just want to be generous, man, we God bless you. We'll receive it, and we believe God for a harvest coming back in your life in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for every person this morning that and this week and this month that is giving to the work here at this local church. And, Father, I pray for everybody that's supporting every church. Lord, let, let, let churches increase. Father, we're hearing churches that are going through very tough financial times. We're hearing people going through tough financial times. And so we pray, Lord God, that you're going to meet their need, that you would supply all their need according to your riches and glory. Let the church of God here at Spectrum partner with you and let us see your goodness in the land of the living. That we're not going to fear, we're not going to be afraid, we're going to wait on the Lord and you're going to renew our strength. We're going to believe you that even in this season, you are going to be honored through our lives and we can keep doing what you've called us to do and the kingdom of God can keep moving forward because you are good in Jesus name everybody in the couch everybody in the kitchen table everybody in the church said amen and amen amen glad you're with us this morning again so glad we're in a series of lessons called principled living if you weren't with us I'd encourage you to go back two weeks when we started this series it was a foundational message looking at these three men that Ezekiel prophesies about we're going to read the passage again 
But again, two weeks, the, 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 the message two weeks prior to this one will kind of set you up to where we have been and where we're going to go again today. By way of reminder, here is the scripture that we kicked off with a couple weeks ago. Ezekiel 14, verse 12 through 14. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Ezekiel prophesying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, we, we delved into that and unpacked that a little bit two weeks ago. When a land sins by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Verse 14 is key for us. Even if these three men, now by way of reminder, this is God downloading a word to Ezekiel the prophet. And he says, even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, were in the land, check it out, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord. Check it out. They would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. In other words, what went on in the land would not affect them. They would be out of that land. They would, excuse me, they would be affected by what was going on in the land. They could change what was going on in the land. This famine that God said, this stuff that was going on, beasts and things that would happen, no, no supply of bread, it was going to be a shortage. They could not change it. Noah couldn't change the flood. It was God's word. Daniel couldn't change the captivity into Babylon for 70 years. We'll talk about it today. And Job had some crazy things that happened into his, in his life. Even though they happened, even though that was around them, it didn't get in them. It didn't affect them. They were, or we said it, they weren't infected last week by it. They were affected, but not infected. It didn't change them mentally. It didn't change the trajectory of their life with God. But it was in the land. But the Bible says something alarming, alarming in a good sense for all of us. Even though stuff was going on in the land, it says they would deliver themselves by their righteousness. So God says these three men, and we'll talk more about some other men after we look at this third one next week named Job. That God would allow them, God would cause them to rise above what was going on in the land. It says here specifically, by their righteousness, by their righteousness. Now, what we found out last week, and the, the title of this lesson, these series of lessons, is Principled Living. In other words, these men, we found out, lived by something that maybe some other people didn't live by. And by men, women, this is no slight to you. The Bible's written from a male perspective, so when we're saying men, we're saying women as well. What we found out by way of definition about what this means is this. A person of principle means you have a foundation and system of belief or behavior. So again, a person of principle means you have a foundation, a foundational in your life. There's a foundation set in your life. This is what I do. This is what I believe. This is my behavior. This is what I say. This is what I acknowledge. This is what I don't say. This is what I don't believe. This is where I will not go. This is a line I will not cross. And we find time and time again what God calls from the Old Testament that these men lived righteous lives. And if these men could live righteous lives in the midst of a crazy society, in the midst of when Noah was building an ark for between 55 to 75 years if he and his three kids and their wives and, and his spouse if they could make it on that ark and live above the temptation live above the fray 
live above all the problems that were going on in society, you can too. Come on, poke your neighbor and say, you can do it. Come on. Last week, we looked at Noah, and we said that the principle that Noah lived by was a principle of obedience, of obedience, that he kept doing what God called him to do. When it wasn't convenient, it wasn't easy, he just kept on doing it. I want to encourage you, keep obeying God, obeying the word of God. The second guy we find out here that God tells Ezekiel, here it is, was this guy called Daniel. If you've been to church at all, come on, I'm 60, I've been in church all my life, and maybe you've never been to church, but, but you probably heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Whether you believe it or not, it's in the book, and it's really interesting that God told Ezekiel about this brother named Daniel to prophesy, and so evidently God believed Daniel was really in some crazy situations. Uh, the backstory and the backdrop for Daniel was that Daniel was deported and Daniel was held captive as a teenager boy uh, when Nebuchadnezzar was ruling and taken captive uh, to Babylon. He was from Jerusalem. He was from an upper middle class or a high class society because we find out through the text in Daniel chapter 1 was that he was educated. He could speak clearly. He knew how to stand. He knew he, he dressed good. He knew how to comb his hair and brush his teeth. Come on, somebody. That might be a word of the Lord for somebody out there in the world wide web. Come on, take care of yourself. If you want to get promoted, if you want to move forward, you got to take care of yourself as best you can. Come on, clean up on the outside so you can keep moving forward what God's got for your life. There are things that you have to do that God won't do for you. But Daniel was captive. And so, so even in our day, there is tragedy still going on with human trafficking. This was human trafficking of a high kind. They weren't necessarily trafficking people for low-end labor. They took all the great people. They took all of uh, Jerusalem captive, and, and they started taking all the educated kids, all those people that they wanted to bring into the culture of Babylon, and they taught them, and they counseled them, and they got them in classes. They, they taught them the language, and, and the four that we know about were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three, the, these three Hebrews. And we found out that when Daniel was in this three-year training period, they're going to be trained for three years, and it'd be just like going to high education for three years and learn the culture, learn the language, learn the expressions, learn what to do, learn how to stand, learn, learn what they did in their society. That, that then Daniel then was going to be serving as a, an apprentice and a trainee with Nebuchadnezzar. What we find out with Daniel is that Daniel was in captivity for over 60 years. I hope you get this. I am 60 years old. Think about it, ever how old you are right now. If you're old like me or older like me, that you have been in another country held captive for 60 years. What would be your stance? Would you be angry? Would you be frustrated? Would you be trying to break out, trying to go back? Would you always be a dissident? I'm not saying that would necessarily be wrong. But what Daniel did is that we find that this brother served four kings faithfully, for, for over 60 years, he served King Nebuchadnezzar. He served King Balthazar, which was his son. He served uh, uh, King Darius, and then he served King Cyrus. Four different kings. This brother just stayed steady. This brother just did what God called him to do. This brother just used his gift, talent, and ability and said, well, God put me here, and if God put me here, I'm going to rise to the top. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I don't know about that, boss, but I'm going to serve him. This one's a little bit shady. I'm going to serve him. This one's crazy over here. I'm going to serve him. How are you doing in the environment you're in right now? Daniel didn't bow down to the pressure. 
Daniel didn't step back to what was going on in society. Daniel always stepped up, and we're going to find out why. What was the principle that this brother had in his life? Listen, theologians believe he got captive and, and helped taken away with, with the other three Hebrews when he was a teenager. Come on, he was, he, maybe he was on Xbox in the game day, and he was, he was making videos, and he was, he was playing you know, all those war games, but, but the brother had something in him. As a teenager, and I'm encouraging you, whether you're young or whether you're older, that you have this one character trait today, this one principle to live by today, working in your life. We'll talk about it in a second. Maybe you can pick it up as we read this scripture. Daniel chapter 5. Let me set it up. King Belteshar, who I mentioned a moment ago, Nebuchadnezzar was a king, and then his son ruled in his place. All of a sudden, he's an ungodly guy. He's not following God. And while he's throwing a party, all of a sudden on the side of the wall, a hand appears. Daniel, it says in Daniel chapter 5. A hand appears and there's writing on the wall. And nobody can, uh, nobody can ascertain what this script is. They don't know the language. It's, it's, like a, it's, it's like speaking, it's like writing in tongues, if you will. Nobody knows what's going on. And, and the, the, the king actually gets all his soothsayers and all his magicians, and nobody could tell the meaning of it. Can, can you imagine? Come on, hanging out in the backyard, and you're cooking carne asada, and you got the family out there, and all of a sudden, it's like a sheet is right there, and there's a hand that appears, and it's writing these words. And it stays there. Listen, it doesn't go away. It stays there. This is exactly what happened. How many believe that gets your attention? Mm -hmm. It get my attention. The, the Bible says that 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 all of a sudden nobody could. The soothsayers couldn't interpret it. The magicians couldn't interpret it. But there was somebody who could. But check it out. The queen, Belteshar's wife, actually says, "Hey." Honey, I remember that there was a guy named Daniel who served your dad who could interpret dreams. And they called Daniel in. And Daniel looks at what's going on, and here's what it actually says before he gets there. He gives the interpretation, but here's what Balthazar says to Daniel. Check it out, Daniel 5.4. I have heard of you. Come on, say those words out loud right there in your house. I have heard of you. Stop right there. Let's not go any further. Let's camp for a second. What have people heard about you? I'm not talking about gossiping around a water cooler. I'm talking about is there anything in your life that goes before you arrive somewhere that people have heard about you. The queen tells her husband, the king then tells Daniel, hey brother, right there in front of me right now, I've heard about you. I've heard about you. I've heard about you. That the spirit of God is in you. And that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. This is amazing to me. Amazing to me. Here's a guy who's in a place he doesn't want to be, serving kings he doesn't want to serve, learning culture he doesn't want to learn, learning languages he didn't plan on learning. But there was something in him that kept rising to the top because this brother decided, I am going to serve God everywhere I am. Can I get a clap out there? Can I get an emoji out there? Can I get some hearts out there? Come on, show me a little love out there online. Man, let's look at this for a second. 
who he was, who he was, preceded where he went. I love that thought, that who he was preceded where he went. Who you are and who you think you are, or maybe maybe I should say this way, who you think you are probably won't precede where you go, but who you really are, who you really are. And what we find out from this guy, and we find out in our lives, is that your character will determine your trajectory, your character. This brother, Daniel, just kept on serving God. Is your character flatlined? Is your character sinking? Or, or the technical term, the term we hear all the time, is your character trending? <laughs> Internet trends and things that are going on. The song's trending and, and, and this meme is trending. Is your character trending? Who you really are by yourself? Who you are just serving, being faithful to the employer, being faithful to that in that situation, being faithful in church, uh, be, being who you're supposed to be? I, I really think that we want God to open up all kinds of doors and do all kinds of great things for us, which is good. But can I ask you, can you just get out of bed in the morning and read your Bible? Where, where's your trajectory? Where's your character going? Is it, is it flatlined right now? And I tell you right now, in COVID season and all the stuff that's going on right now, nothing but fear on the news and troubling times and crazy things happening all around us, we've got to be people of character that keep moving forward in our relationship with God. Can, can I get a high five? Can I get a preach it up there, Pastor Gary? What I believe is true is that what he did in his past Daniel, that is, what he did in his past showed up in his future. So again, his consistency, his dedication, his willingness to keep serving, to being who God called him to be. And we see that the king actually says this, hey, I heard about you, Daniel. I heard about you. He says a couple things. He says, I, he says uh, uh, in you is light, that, that you got light in you. You've got light in you. I just like, I, maybe this has happened to you. We've had people come to the church, and there's just like a vibe, they say, some people. They don't know church. They don't know God. They don't, they're, just, they're just in off the street, if you will. And if that's you, we're so glad you're tuning in this morning. If you come in the room, can I tell you what you're going to get in the room, like what happened up in here in worship a minute ago? You're going to say, whoo. Uh, something's in the room. I, feel, I felt that. Or maybe during preaching, and, and I've had people that, even when I'm preaching, or when the worship is going on, they're starting to cry. Why am I crying? Because God is real. Come on, there's light with God. There's hope with God. There's faith with God. This king says, Daniel, in you there is light. It's got to be in you. It should be in you. He says, there's understanding in you. You're, you're a problem solver. There's understanding in you. You get it. You know how to fix things. And then lastly, he just simply said, there's wisdom in you. you, you when, 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 wisdom simply means applying the knowledge that you know. I know a lot of smart people, but they're really dumb. They book smart, but they dumb world smart. They dumb normal smart. They just can't get life. They can't, they can't figure it out. They can, they're, they're real wise, but no real knowledge, if you will. And, 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 and maybe wise in their eyes, but the, but the wisdom that they know or they think they know, they don't bring it to personal application. Let me encourage you, don't, don't, don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Let's keep looking at this guy, and let's give this, let's look at this. Maybe you picked it up already, what's working in this brother. In Daniel chapter 6, here's this other king he was serving now named Darius. It says in chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 6, verse 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. These are governors. Satraps were governors to be over all the kingdoms. And over all these, there were three governors. There were three, there were three ru ru you know, rulers over these 120, of whom was Daniel, 
that the satraps might give account to them so the king would suffer no loss. In other words, you know, it's just like it's government. He's in government. And so he was one of three ruling over these 120, over these one, let's say over these 120 uh, different men that were leading uh, counties, we could say, these territories. Check out verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself. Come on, put that in the chat this morning if you can spell it right. <laughs> he distinguished himself above the governors and satraps. Daniel distinguished himself above all the other leaders, above all the other managers, above all the other governors, because an excellent spirit was in him. Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. The king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Today, let's talk about it. The principle to live by is excellence. Is excellence. That's the principle of living that I pray you embed in your soul this morning. Excellence. Everyone he served, he did it with excellence. Everywhere he went, he did it with excellence. Daniel was gifted, it says, with all wisdom, with knowledge. He was quick to understand. He possessed all these qualities by God. But listen to me. You can possess something by God and never work it out of your life. And I believe that's a word for a lot of you that are listening this morning. You are gifted. You are graced because the scripture says so. But you're sitting on your gift. Many of you businessmen, businesswomen, God's gifted you to make money and finance the kingdom of God. Help missions, build church buildings, do great things naturally for the kingdom of God. Maybe even in your own community doing other things as well. Right here in Chula Vista and beyond. But you're sitting on the gift. Many of you are teachers or musicians or singers, and you're sitting on the gift. Daniel, even though he was gifted, he used his gift for the glory of God because he had an excellent spirit. It wasn't something that God gave him. It was by nature, if you will. It was in him, as we all have, but he worked it out. I have known, I hope this isn't a little hard this morning because it is a little hard. But I've known people with loads of talent but no excellence. I've known people all my life, 35 years in ministry, you know. I've known people all my life, loads of talent spiritually but just no excellence. Loads of spiritual talent that could help teach kids, could teach youth, could, could lead a small group, could, could, could you know, do outreach but, but no excellence, just not willing to pay the price. Are you willing to pay the price? I hope you are. Daniel understood this. Daniel understood what God had given him, and he used it for the glory of God because he had an excellent spirit in him. What I want to do is I want to look at this, uh, th th this excellent spirit. I want to give you just five characteristics I really see in this, uh, th this book of Daniel. They're probably not the only ones, probably many more. But at least these will get us going in the right direction. What I am saying, what attributes of excellence really look like. The first thing I want to give you is what we find out in Daniel's life was that he was loyal. Loyalty. Loyalty. Uh, if you're going to be a person of excellence, you're just going to have to be loyal. 
You're going to have to be, you're going to have to be reliable. You're going to have to be devoted. You're going to have to be trustworthy. We see this with Daniel, is that Daniel, number one, was loyal to God. He didn't care what was going on. Throw me the lines then. Uh, I don't care. I'm going to be loyal to God. Uh, I'm, I'm, Daniel, we find out he was loyal to the call of God. Daniel was loyal to his friends. When things got hard, when things got uncomfortable, Daniel was still loyal. He, he was loyal, as we said a moment ago, to these four kings, to Nebuchadnezzar and to, to Belteshazzar and to Darius and to Cyrus. He was loyal. He was always there. He was, he, he was trying to help. He was trying to use the gift that God called him God called him to, the time that God called him to, and he was, he was just loyal to it. He was trustworthy to it. Are you a person that can be counted on? If you're going to have an excellent spirit, there has to be loyalty in your life. Loyalty to God. Loyalty to the Word of God. Loyalty to, to your friends. Loyal to your spouse. Loyal to your family. Loyal to your church. Right now, I know there's a lot of churches just like us. We were, we were away for three months or so. 14 weeks, I think I counted online for 14 weeks and we were back for four weeks which limited involvement a lot of parents let's say at home and we're cool with that I'm down with that but here's what I do know there's many people that I'm hearing not just in our church but the kingdom of God the church of Jesus Christ that are drifting you're just drifting you're drifting during this time let me encourage you stoke yourself up again to have an excellent spirit to say I'm gonna be loyal I'm going to be loyal to God, to, to reading, to praying. I'm going to be loyal to my friends. I'm going to be loyal uh, to, to viewing church. I'm going to be loyal to, to moving my, my life forward spiritually because he had an excellent spirit. Second thing I see that Daniel did was Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel was a man of prayer. We know in Daniel chapter 2. That when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and nobody could interpret the dream and, and then the, the, the kings, you can imagine back in the day and maybe today a little bit, we fire people around us. You know, that's what the presidents do and they fire people around them. But back in the day, they would just start talking, we ain't firing you, we're going to kill you. That's what the king Nebuchadnezzar said. Hey, guys, I had a dream and he says, I don't remember the dream. I can't interpret the dream because I don't remember the dream. He says, tell me the dream and give me the interpretation. And all the guys said, King, man, come on, you're crazy. You're crazy up in here. He said, well, if you don't tell me what I dreamed and interpret what I dreamed, I'm going to kill y'all. Daniel heard about it. And since Daniel has an excellent spirit, he went and talked to the king. He said, hey, 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 just give me some time. Just give me a little time, and, and God will show me. And so Daniel went and prayed. Daniel asked God, God, show me the dream that the king dreamed and give me the interpretation. And Daniel got the answer from God. A couple questions I want to ask you. Do you pray when facing obstacles? Is it your, is it your daily thing? Do you pray daily? Do you, do you pray about everything? Or are you trying to go through life doing what you do all by yourself? Is, is prayer a first response or is prayer a last resort? What, what, what do you think about prayer? What do you think about communicating with God? You, you think God just wants you to try to figure it all out, how to be a husband, how to be a businessman, how to work for that boss that's a little bit crazy, how to do homeschooling right now with your kids. Do you think that he's like hands off just say, oh, you're on your own. I don't know what to do here for you. No, 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 no. Come on, church. Pray about everything. The scripture actually says this in Thessalonians. Pray without 
ceasing. Come on, pray without ceasing. In other words, just constantly be in an attitude of prayer. Prayer is just simply talking to God. You talk to God while you're in the car. You talk to God while you're working. Come on, some of y'all work night with headphones in. You can talk to God all night long. Just talk, having a conversation with God. Yeah, have some deep time. Have some kneel time. Have some bow time. Have some cry time. There's all different kinds. You don't know what to pray? Pray in tongues. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He can help us pray. Pray without ceasing. Come on, get God involved in everyday life situations. Just get him involved. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to be in your life. I'm hitting the TV up here. Oh, Lord, help me up here. Wow. Pray about everything. Come on, pray about everything. Is that what your life is all about? Is that what's going on in your life right now? Or are you trying to handle what's going on by yourself? Daniel wasn't that kind of guy. Let me tell you, scripture is crazy right here. This scripture in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel is reading from the scrolls of Jeremiah the prophet. He's reading a prophecy that Jeremiah prophesied. And as he's reading the prophecy, Daniel says he's writing this about us. Jeremiah was writing, and God gave him this word, concerning Babylon coming in, taking the people of Jerusalem and having them in captivity for 70 years. Daniel, as we said a moment ago, Daniel was in captivity, many believe, around 60 years. So Daniel is saying, as he's re- can you imagine reading the scroll going, I think the time has come up and God's going to do something here. Here's what it says. Daniel 9, 3. Daniel reads this. And he turned to the Lord. means he set his face towards. He turned to the Lord, set his face towards. And pleaded with him, pleaded with God in prayer and petition and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He reads this. And Daniel's response is, I'm going to pray. Even though I know God said he's going to deliver us. Even though I know God said there's a time clock on our captivity. I am going to pray. What I know about prayer is that there's many things God wants to do but will not do unless you pray. One more time. God will not do what he said he'd do unless you pray. Would you be a a person? Would you be a man, a woman, a teenager? Would you be a person of prayer? Daniel had an excellent spirit, and Daniel was a person of prayer. What I see another character trait of an excellent, per, uh, excellent spirit is that Daniel had this thing called discipline. Discipline for many people is a, is a bad word. It's a foreign word. It's a nasty word, but, but not with Daniel. In fact, we find it out in the very first chapter of Daniel that Daniel was a man of discipline, so much so that the king, when he took them and the three Hebrews captive, he said, we're going to change your diet. I want you to eat certain diet. I want you to eat certain things. But Daniel said, no, 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 no. We don't eat that. We don't eat that. I'm not going to eat the king's meat. It's against our Jewish law and diet. This is what we eat. This is how we do what we do. We are people of discipline. What I did there, I'm going to do here. I didn't do that there, so I'm not going to do that here. A man or a woman that has an excellent spirit, will be a man or a woman 
of discipline. What I know about discipline is that without discipline in your life, listen, you'll have disorder in your life. If you do not have discipline in your life, you will have something in your life, and it's called disorder. Paul writes to the church at Rome when he says, you've got to do something. You've got to present your body a living sacrifice to God. It's the way you worship me. And he says, you need to do something with your mind. You need to transform and renew your mind by the word of God. Discipline is a thought before it's an action. Look at this now. You think right before you do right. I think a lot of us want to do something right, and we're having trouble doing the right thing because we have not thought right. If you want discipline in your life, here is where you need to concentrate your time. You need to think right. You need to get new thinking in your life. The Bible is good for me. I'm going to read the word. God's right. God's true. Love is right. Forgiveness is right. I'm going to think right so I can do right. Discipline is a thought before it's an action. And I believe this with all my heart, that discipline really allows the purposes of God to be fulfilled in your life. That to the degree that you bring discipline in your life will be the degree that God can use your life. And one more time. Discipline, discipline in your life. To the degree that you bring discipline in your life will be to the degree that God can use your life. Paul writes to the church, or he actually writes to Timothy, who's a pastor. He says, Timothy, I'm telling you, you need to tell the church. He said, you, can, you choose. Check it out, church. You choose what kind of vessel you're going to be. Are you going to be a paper plate or are you going to be a beautiful pottery? Are you going to be that special dish? Are you going to be an ordinary vessel or are you going to be a vessel of honor? You choose what you're going to be. Discipline your life. This is what we have in this brother. He was disciplined. He was, he, he was a man of prayer. He was loyal. A couple more, you're doing real good this morning. We've said it already a couple times. You can figure out this brother was just faithful. If you're going to have an excellent spirit, faithfulness will just be required in your life. It just means that he, he had a great testimony. Everywhere he went in the world and at work, he had a great testimony. He was just faithful, faithful to God. Again, faithful to his friends. We found out he was loyal. He was just faithful through and through. You know, maybe he had some crazy days, but he was just faithful. The Bible doesn't, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything, not one negative thing about Daniel. He was just faithful, time in and time out. I love this scripture in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. It was right before the guys came up with a plan to throw him in the lion's den. Check out what they were trying to find. They were trying to find some dirt on him. Come on, they were scouring the internet. They were checking out his Facebook page. They were going back five years to Instagram. Come on, they're checking out his TikTok videos. They're seeing his is there any bad thing about this dude? What is this guy down there checking out his high school yearbook? They're trying to find some dirt on Daniel. <laughs> Check it out what it says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. When the king wanted to promote Daniel, they got mad. And they tried to find charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. 
Daniel at work showed up on time every day. Daniel was a good worker. Daniel was faithful. Daniel was disciplined. Daniel was a team player. Daniel wanted the kingdom of God that again he was captive in to increase. Daniel knew how to stand. Daniel knew how to get involved and back off when it wasn't his job. Daniel knew how to lead. Daniel knew how to release others. Daniel was the man and the other people around it hated him for it. Couldn't find any dirt on the brother because he was faithful. No error, no fault, no suspicion, no wrongdoing in him. You want to be a person of excellence? Work on your character. Work on your faithfulness. Work on who you are in the workplace. Be who you are or want other people to be to you. Be that way at the workplace. In fact, in the church of God... <laughs> The scripture says in 1 Timothy 3, a qualification for a, a worker in church or a leader in church is that you got to have a good testimony, not in church, outside of church. So maybe what we should do before anybody gets involved in anything in church is do a background check on you. H how would your background look? Are you a team player at work? Are you good? Are you faithful? Or it says, you, again, in church, that person needs to serve well. They need to be blameless. They need to be faithful in all things. That's just to kind of be a worker in church. Let me tell you, Daniel was a man of excellence. And you and I can be this so because he had it in him. He worked it into his life. Come on, one more. You're doing real good this morning. You're listening good. I'm just calling this last one. It's a word I think that's foreign to so many of us in this culture is this word called honorable. He was honorable, honorable. Uh, King Belteshar asked Daniel, remember, to, to interpret that, that, that handwriting on the wall. Remember that? He asked him to interpret the handwriting on the wall, and, and it stayed there. And, and, and what, what happened was King Belteshar actually says this to Daniel. Uh, he says, Daniel, you know, uh, when he comes to him, he heard he had an excellent spirit and all that. When, when he comes to him, he says, I tell you what, Daniel, if you can interpret this handwriting on the wall, I'm kind of freaked out about what's going on. He says, I'm going to give you a purple robe. I'm going to give you a gold chain, and you're going to be number three in the kingdom. Come on, how many of y'all would have just bucked up and gone, let's go. We're going to get a Louis Vuitton purse, kind of a little merch bag. Come on, we're going to be rolling, going to get a new car, going to have a cool, you know, you know, you know, uh, Ralph Lauren, little, little polo shirt. Come on, somebody. But, 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 but Daniel thinks different. Daniel thinks different. Here's what Daniel says to the king. Keep your gifts. Give them to somebody else. I'm going to tell you what the writing is. Honorable. I know a lot of people that will only do something if they get paid for it. I know a lot of people in our generation. I was having a conversation with a pastor friend just this past week, and he said, Man, I'm having a tough time in church with some stuff going on right now, the whole COVID thing and all. But he said, I can't get anybody to do anything. Everybody wants money. And I ain't got no money. I ain't got any money to give anybody. I'm going, Doggone. Wow. Daniel couldn't be bought. Daniel couldn't be bought. He didn't serve for money. He didn't serve for prestige. And he didn't serve for power. What I see about this guy is that he didn't try to move himself. He didn't try to position himself 
He didn't try to promote himself. You ever been around somebody that's self-promoting? I tell you what, my personality, I just turn around and I go the other way. Because what I found out time and time again is that God knows where you live. God knows your heart. And just like David, who he didn't make the first lineup with his brothers in 1 Samuel 17. When they were all being chosen, I guess 1 Samuel 15, I think, to be the next king, the prophet came to town. He didn't make the first lineup. He's on the backside of the desert feeding sheep. God knows where you're at. You don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to position yourself. You don't have to. I, I'm not saying don't, don't put the resume out. I'm not saying keep advancing. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying making more and moving up the corporate ladder is wrong. That's not what I am saying at all. I'm saying you don't have to make it come to pass. God sees. He was honorable. He told the king, I'm going to interpret the dream. You don't need to give me. I'm already on the payroll. I'm, I'm already on the payroll. I'll tell you what it means. Let, let me talk to God about it. Man, what I've seen over the course of all my years in ministry is this principle here, is that God honored him, and so man honored him. God honored Daniel, and then man honored Daniel. What happens in heaven happens on earth, and it can happen in your life if you will work on having an excellent spirit. Maybe you're feeling like you're in a dead-end job, not going anywhere. How can I serve as crazy boss? Daniel did. Four different crazy kings. Read about them. Crazy kings. In fact, one king went so crazy, man, living out there in the, like, a, like, like a crazy dog, long hair, nails grew. Crazy. It's crazy. Served him. He served him. I'm sure he prayed for him. You can do the same. You can do the same. And God can work something in your life. If you'll work this principle in your life of excellence. Remember what we read earlier? Daniel distinguished himself. Himself. Do you want your head above the crowd? You don't need to climb higher in the ladder. Nothing wrong with that. Work on excellence. You will distinguish yourself from your peers. Work on your heart. Serve faithfully. Pray. Be a man or woman of prayer. Be loyal. Be faithful to what God's called you to. Faithful with few, Scripture says, ruler over many. Ruler over much. God will increase you if you'll be faithful with what you have right now. Right now. Wherever you're at, come on. Let's pray. Let's believe this spirit of excellence begins working in us. Maybe, as I said a moment ago, you've been drifting. Maybe you need to shore yourself up. Maybe you need to work faithfulness and discipline back in your life right now in the season of your life like what we see Daniel had. Come on, let's pray. Bow your head right there. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray for everybody this morning.